welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast, friend. I'm sharing episode number 82 today. I'm sharing my dishonesty. I know what you're thinking. A confession from Kathy? She lied? Well, the the reality is the last few weeks I've been lying to myself. I've been telling myself stories. I've been covering up my true feelings. I've been covering up my true thoughts. I'm not doing what's best for myself in this caregiving journey. Can you relate? I had so many moments of anger, frustration, denial, and self-imposed pressures in the last couple weeks. I was choosing to ignore my feelings and thoughts or blaming it on other things or other people until I realized, Kathy, I have to be honest with myself. With, with myself means you, you want to ask yourself the whys. And so I want to share some things with you. I, w- I had to ask myself, why am I angry? Why did I scream at that car that cut me off? I'm laughing now, but somebody would cut me off last week and I would just scream internally, not externally. I'm not a big screamer externally, but I would get angry at the car that cut me off or the frustration of somebody taking their time. I would also get angry. I got angry at the Wi-Fi because it was so slow at the chemotherapy clinic. I was so frustrated. I I was planning on doing extra work while Dennis sat in the chemotherapy chair, and I got so frustrated I was actually pouting, and I didn't recognize myself. Another example is I was so angry when I posted something about our journey on Facebook, which I want to do, and I want to be transparent and share it with our family and friends. I would get angry about people commenting simple things like, Dennis, you got this. You're you're strong. I would say to myself, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't got he doesn't got this yet." I don't know if that's a word or not, but I would get angry at somebody being supportive. I had to first realize that wasn't me. 
I didn't recognize myself having these types of behaviors. I felt off and I felt I had feelings of stress from Dennis's cancer diagnosis again. This is his third one, his third treatment actually. And the pressures of having two loved ones now that needed my care because I'm still caring for my mom and I'm caring for Dennis. I had to also ask myself, why was I moody? Why was I being so frustrated? Looking back now, I realize I jammed too much into one week thinking, oh yeah, I do chemotherapy in the morning and then I could do things in the afternoon and I could do things in the evening, not realizing the stress and the pressure and the worry and all of the emotions that come along with having to go through this new journey again with Dennis. Dennis had chemotherapy. Then I added work. I added my business. I actually had a, a, a coaching session on Tuesday afternoon. I had a hair appointment on Wednesday on Wednesday afternoon. Then to add into that, I had Thanksgiving in the mix of it. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I hosted Thanksgiving at our house. I felt anxiety. I felt stressed. I felt frustrated and I was moody on top of it. Everything felt heavy and challenging. I was catching myself thinking negative thoughts, saying negative things. I was becoming a complainer, feeling sorry for myself, and that's not me. Honestly, I was overcommitted. I kept saying that said things like, I need to do this. Thank you, Coach Heather, for bringing it to my attention. Because she kept telling me, Kathy, you don't need to send an email. You don't need to do a post. You don't need to record a podcast episode. Instead, think of things of what you want to do and what you can do versus what you need to do. Because when I was saying I need to do something, I was putting way too many high expectations on my plate. I need to go ahead and make all the fixings for Thanksgiving. I need to figure out how to make Dennis feel better. Those were just unrealistic and putting that extra pressure on it. So I want you to think about it. Do you really need to do everything? I said to myself, no, but I, I, but what I needed to do was to be honest with myself. And that's what I really needed in the long run. So today in this episode, I want to share with you four signs that you need to be honest with yourself and you really need to take a serious look at yourself and ask yourself, are you being honest? And so I'm going to go through four signs or symptoms, whatever you want to call it, to to being honest with yourself. If you feel off and not yourself, that's the number one thing. Thinking about it. Are you off? Are you not yourself? Pay attention to your behaviors. For example, if you are usually a kind person and now all of a sudden you're being snappy and you're not being kind or you're very laid back and all of a sudden now you're hyper or you're having anxiety or if you're an engaged person or an empathetic person and now you're not that person. So pay attention to your behaviors. Also, if you're off and you're not yourself and you're moody or you, you don't have a filter or you're outspoken and you, you just, things just come out, that could be a sign. I couldn't real, I couldn't 
believe now that I look at it, how moody I was on Tuesday sitting in the chemotherapy chair. I just was at my wits end. I was moody. I was almost acting like I was a teenager going through hormonal things. That's kind of kind of a way I describe it. Or maybe I was PMSing and I'm no longer PMSing because I've gone through menopause. So I don't have the the hormone rises and shifts, but I was acting that way. Um, I was off too because I was thinking negative thoughts and I wasn't myself. Everything was negative and uh, pessimistic. Um, Ask yourself if you feel busy, but you're not productive. You're just busy, 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 and you can't get anything done. That could be a sign that you're off and not yourself or you're, you're, you're not your enthusiastic self about what's going on. I seriously, I'm confessing this <laughs> because I'm confessing it. I don't know why, but I was not excited about Thanksgiving. I felt like it was a huge chore. And actually during Thanksgiving, I had everything in me to be sociable and to embrace the things. I just didn't feel it this year. Another thought, if if you're feeling off and not yourself, is recognize what you are feeling and recognize the anger, recognize the resentment, recognize the sadness, any of those feelings, because that could be a sign of of you're, you're off and you're not yourself and you're being dishonest with yourself. Okay, number two is you're self-sabotaging yourself. You say you want one thing, but then do something that is completely the opposite. You're cutting yourself down and not respecting yourself. Uh, you expect more than what's realistic than what you and then and then when you don't feel like it it meets your expectation, you feel guilty and you set you see yourself as a failure. Or you're not granting yourself grace and allowing yourself to make a mistake. You say no, or you find help. You know, you, you're self-sabotaging. What are you doing that you're, you're, not, you're not being nice to yourself? Okay, number three is you complain, but you don't take action on it. Are you complaining about your time, your loved one's care, the advocacy work of being a caregiver, all that paperwork and insurance or speaking up, or you're complaining about how tired you are, that nobody's helping you. These are just to name a few, and you don't take any action on it. You know, how many times have you heard somebody say, yeah, nobody will help me with anything. And then if you really get down to it, have they really asked for help? Another one from a complaint perspective is you'll only see the pessimistic side of things, especially if you're so deep into your routines. For example, you only see the negativity of sitting in a waiting room and you're pessimistic. Is a doctor ever going to call? I can't believe now we've been waiting for 45 minutes or Um, you're pessimistic about, you know, going back to the doctor, are they really going to do anything for my loved one? Or, you know, whatever it would be, you're, you're complaining about something, but you never take action on it, or you never, you never understand the complete picture. 
Another one be, would be you lost outside connections with your family or your friends because of all your caregiving tasks or your loved one. Friends may disconnect with you because they they haven't heard from you or they respect your time and they don't want to go ahead and interrupt that. But that makes you feel lonely and you wonder why. Why are they not reaching out? You might even have hatred or resentment or you begin to talk about them to say, yeah, they totally gave up on me now. When, you know what, it's a two-way streak and they would they would love for you to reach out. And maybe the last time they reach out to you, they said to you, hey, if you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. Or when you have some time, I want you to, let's connect. And they just have been giving you space. Stop complaining, maybe. And think about what can I do and take action on it. Another thing about being dishonest with yourself is num- the number four sign is not taking feedback well. You may not be taking feedback well, or you may be getting defensive when someone provides you with feedback or gives you criticism, or even ask you a question. If if the criticism feels too close to home, that, that's probably because it's true. I'm just going to say it blunt and honest. Or somebody asks you a question and you get defensive about it, or you get angry about it. For example, hope you take care of yourself. Or don't forget to take care of yourself and you get frustrated about it. That's a sign that maybe you need to be honest with yourself because you're not taking care of yourself or something else is stewing behind it. Or um, somebody might say, you know, I am here for you to help. And you might be saying to yourself, oh yeah, right. They would never help me. And that's a sign too. So let's repeat those four signs. Four signs that you need to be honest with yourself. If you feel off and not yourself, that's number one. If you're self-sabotaging or cutting yourself down. Number three, you complain, but you don't take action on it. And number four, you're not taking feedback well, or you're not taking advice well, or you're you're not answering a question well. Those are the four signs. So let's talk about this. How do you be honest with yourself when all of these stresses and pressures and feelings and thoughts are stewing inside? How do you be honest with yourself? When you get to the point, you should be proud of yourself when you're thinking this way. When you're starting to stew, when you're starting to process all of this, you realized you need to be honest with yourself and take action. You need to rethink your life, your situation, your caregiving in general. I'll be honest with yourself. I'm saying honest like 10 times. This won't be easy. It might even be a bit painful or stressful to go through this, but it will be something you're going to embrace. It will shift your mind in a new way, new way of thinking. 
Moving yourself from less stress and anxiety to more joy and gratitude is what you need to do. So I want to give you here my, it must be a four kind of thing. To, it's the four by four thing. It's I'm going to give you four ways to think through how you can be honest with yourself. The first one is to be open and embrace it and be vulnerable with yourself. Be willing to step into your situation and assess it. Listen to yourself and others. Look at yourself and how others are looking at you. Just like when I looked at myself and said, I can't believe my behavior. This may require you to journal out your thoughts and your feelings and even talk with other people. You might have, for example, when I came home with Dennis after his three days of chemotherapy, he spent a lot of time sitting in his chair, which helped me because I could sit down with him and talk about how he's feeling and how what's what's going through his head and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know what? I haven't been really myself the last couple of days either. And I actually apologized to him and talked to him about my moodiness and my anger because I think he could sense it as well. And I kept telling him, I don't think I was ready for this. Or better yet, I assumed that I went through two rounds of chemotherapy with him in the past, and I sat by him, and I went through the doctor's appointments with him. I thought, kind of sassy way or proud way, is like, I can do this. It's just another chemotherapy treatment. Well, not realizing each and every experience is different. Each and every situation is different. Each and every thought and feelings. I've grown since 2017 and late 2018 and 2019. I've grown through those pieces. I'm totally different than I was two years ago, four years ago. Why would I think that it would be the same old thing? It's not. And so I had really good conversations about this with Dennis. And I, I actually was very open. I was very honest. I was very vulnerable. I was, I just talked through it and it really helped me. And then I went back to my journal and journaled all of my thoughts and my feelings. So being open and really thinking through and being vulnerable about yourself. Number two is to reflect each day then. You take time each day to reflect on your decisions, reflect on your actions, reflect on your thoughts. Reflection can not only help you be honest with yourself, but it can make you feel fulfilled and it can make you feel grateful. You don't want to go back and beat yourself up on your decisions, but you want to think through the why did I do this and how did I do this and what brought me to what I, what my actions were. Try writing in your journal each day or answering questions about it. You know, if you're journaling, ask yourself, what did I do well today? What can I do better tomorrow? And another one that I never do, and I'm, I'm doing more and more, is am I granting myself grace? How am I treating myself? 
that'll kind of get you thinking and you probably can come up with more. When you're reflecting on yourself, I want want you to think through your caregiving overwhelm. Are you stressed? Are you burning out? Are you exhausted or fatigued? Because all of this caregiver overwhelm is contributing to all of the the pressures and all of the feelings of stressed and stretched. I have a free resource for you that will reinforce where you're at in your three in these three stages of caregiver overwhelm. There's actually three stages. The first stage is caregiver stress. And that's a pretty normal stage, but it'll identify your symptoms there and and you'll kind of be able to relate to where you're at. And then the next one is caregiver burnout. Once the stresses become too much and you're not releasing those or reducing those, it can turn to caregiver burnout. And then the the final stage, which is the stage that you are in a red alert or you're at high capacity is caregiver fatigue. So you can go out to kathylvan.com forward slash caregiver stress and get that free resource. And that's Kathy with a C, C-A-T-H-Y-L-V-A-N.com forward slash caregiver stress. That'll help you when you're reflecting on your day each and every day. And you ask yourself, how are you treating yourself? Where are you at with your stresses? You can look at that to say, "Uh oh, I'm in burnout stage. What am I going to do to go ahead and reduce some of this stress and take a break? Because if I'm in burnout, which means that I need to go ahead and, and look for some break time. Okay, number three, when it comes to how to be honest with yourself is self-awareness. Be self-aware. Have you ever told yourself, or I'm sorry, have you ever told someone, you know me better than I know myself? It may be true. Somebody comes up to you and they say that. I'll give you an example. My my hairdresser, Laura, told me, yeah, Kathy, that's why you're feeling the stress and anxiety this week. You're an extrovert slash introvert, which means that you're extroverted and you're good with with interacting with people and being in live situations. But now you've been doing it for three straight days. And on top of that, during the pandemic, we had like a year where we didn't get out and about. I didn't go out very much at all. I worked at home. I worked in my office. And when I, when you're an extrovert introvert, meaning you have to go ahead and have downtime. And so three full intense days followed by Thanksgiving, I didn't have any downtime. So when you kind of look at that, when you become aware of your own patterns, when you know why you're the way you are, you can finally begin to be honest with yourself. That's just an example. Maybe you're totally an introvert and now you have to go ahead and 
go to the doctor's office and be an advocate, that can drain and suck all of the energy out of you. So you want to be aware of what type of person you are, what type of personality you are, what you need, what you don't need, what burns you out, what exhausts you. So being aware of that and watching for patterns and looking for things that are red flags for you. Number four of of how to be honest with yourself is being patient and embracing yourself. You know, just really, really thinking through, am I, am I setting up, setting myself up with unrealistic expectations? Or if I, if something sets me off, being patient and understanding that I've never been down this journey before, or it's been a while since I've done that, and embracing your thoughts and your feelings, even when they're when they're ones that you don't recognize yourself anymore. Because if I didn't recognize my my dis uh, my my behavior, my thoughts, my anger, my frustrations, I wouldn't know how to fix it. And so thinking that thinking of them as a gift versus them as a negative thing will help you process through it. Each day we face new challenges and we try once again to solve those that keep recurring. Being a caregiver is hard and it's impossible to keep a level head at all times, you know, you think about it, you're going to have moments of sadness, moments of frustrations, moments, moments of anger that can easily get the best of us and cause our thoughts to take on rather bad habits, dark turns, whatever it would be. Sometimes they can leave us mirrored in guilt, wondering, do I really just think, did I really just think that? Did I really just say that? Did I really just act this way? So yeah, we have to be honest and open with ourselves. Don't ignore it. Best yet, don't beat yourself up for feeling and thinking and learning. You're human. And when you when you feel and you think these things and you process through them and you're learning, you're becoming a better person. So that's kind of my thoughts today. So that's my four and four, my four signs and my four ways to be honest with yourself. Being honest with yourself is honestly, I don't know how many times I've said honest, honest today, but something harder than it sounds. It is harder. It's said that the truth will set you free. Sure, we've been schooled about being honest, but being honest with oneself is a whole different story as a caregiver. It is a different skill set. Being honest with yourself requires self-awareness and even courage and guts. But I know when you take some time to reflect on yourself and put yourself first, you can ask yourself then, what are my stressors? Am I being truthful? You can ask yourself those. When you take control of your stress and overwhelm, the main thing for yourself is you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to find more joy. You're going to find more gratitude in this tough season of caregiving. So that's what I have for you today. This was a kind of a hard one for me to talk about 
the talk about being honest with yourself, because I think we as caregivers put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, to put, to hold these high expectations, to, to manage all these plates and these spinning plates upon, upon our head. But when we truly take control and we figure out who we are, and it's a constant learning experience, we'll find more joy. We'll find more gratitude and maybe even more happiness, more time, whatever it would be. So you have a good rest of your day and we'll talk to you again soon in our next episode. Bye for now.